Hey, everyone, and welcome to the All It Takes a Goal podcast, the best place in the entire world, including all of Canada, to learn how to build new thoughts, new actions, and new results. I'm your host, John Acuff, and today we're kicking off a two-part series called The 24 Ingredients of a Wildly Successful Goal. Before we jump into the content, let's hear a quick word from the sponsor of today's episode. Quick question. What if you could guarantee the success of your goals? No, seriously. The book you want to write? Guaranteed. The business you want to start? Guaranteed. The exercise plan you want to stick with? Guaranteed. What if no goal was off limits? It's possible with the Guaranteed Goals Community. The Guaranteed Goals Community is my first ever membership program where you'll find the courage, connection, and most importantly, the community you need to win all your goals. Ever since I started hosting online challenges with tens of thousands of people from around the world, the number one request people sent me was for a private non-Facebook community where we can all work on our goals together. That's why I created the Guaranteed Goals community on a user-friendly platform where you won't be overwhelmed with endless dance videos, silly reels, and dog memes. Inside this community, in addition to learning my fail-proof formula for achieving goals, you'll get access to a massive course library, check-ins with my team for accountability, the chance to win awesome prizes, 12 VIP Q&A sessions with me, the ability to team up with other members who are working on similar goals as you, and so much more. A year from now, I want you to be thankful for the way you invested in yourself and your goals today. Join me at acuff.me slash goals. That's A-C-U-F-F dot M-E backslash goals. I'll see you there. All right, let's talk content. First of all, who makes a list of 24 reasons or 24 ingredients or 24 anything? That's just a long list. 24 ingredients, that's a lot. Who does that? I do. I do. I'm a goal nerd. I love goals. Learning how to build, work, and accomplish goals in my mid-30s changed my life. Goals helped me write nine books. They helped me move to Nashville. Goals helped me start my own seven-figure business. That's what you're supposed to say when you're an entrepreneur, right? Seven-figure. It's true, but it feels a little like Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. That's just how I feel when I say that. So I don't say that a lot. But it's not an exaggeration to say that I can draw a line in my life that neatly divides everything from before goals and after goals. I believe in the power of goals because I've experienced myself and I've seen goals change the lives of thousands of people just like you. So a few months ago, I did an episode called The 24 Dragons That Will Try to Sabotage Your Goals. Boom, boom, boom. Doesn't that sound dramatic? 24, that's a ton of dragons. I mean, I don't know how many dragons they have in Lord of the Rings or like the Hobbit. I think it was like one dragon. I think Smog was the only dragon in the Hobbit. 24, like 24 dragons is a ton of dragons. And essentially I went through this big list of the dragons or obstacles that stand in your way when you work on a goal. I think it's important. And this is the why, the reason I did this episode, the why behind the episode, if you will. I think it's important to be honest and prepared to face the challenges. I don't think it's helpful if we just say, it's going to be amazing. You're so talented. It's going to be perfect. You'll never have a problem. You'll never have an obstacle. You'll never have, that's not helpful. That's toxic positivity. But I do think it's equally as important to spend some time talking about the flip side, the reverse, if you will, all the things that will help you achieve a goal, all the positive tools that make finishing a goal a whole lot easier. So 
I made another list and I broke it down into two episodes because I realized recording the first one that 24 of anything is a lot for one episode. It's a little overwhelming. Like with some, like if you asked a friend for advice, if you're like, hey, do you have any advice? And they said, I have 24 pieces of advice for you. You'd be like, you, you know what? You know what, Bill? Never, never mind. I don't, I don't need that much. That's too much advice, Bill. So today we're going to cover the first 12. And then next week, next week we'll cover the second 12. Think about it like goal bingo. If you've got the majority of these ingredients for your goal, like if right now you listen to this and you go, oh, dude, I've got a bunch of those. Think about it like gold bingo. Congratulations. Now, if you're watching the video of this, there's like 17 people on YouTube who watch the podcast of this. You'll notice that I just leaned down and I looked like I was looking at something. I was looking at my phone. I set a timer when I do these because I want to make sure that they're not too long, not too short. I try to do my podcast at like a Goldilocks length, like just right, just right. But I want you to listen to this like goal bingo. Goal bingo. As you listen to the episode, keep a mental checklist. And at the end of it, think about how many of these first 12 you've got in place. Cool? Does that make sense? All right, let's go. If you want to be wildly successful at a goal, these are the ingredients you need. Ingredient number one, micro milestones. You got to have some micro milestones. Small wins help you keep going. Small wins keep building toward bigger wins. Imagine it this way. If you ran a half marathon, some of you are runners. I know there's runners that listen to the show. If you ran a half marathon and it only had a starting line and a finish line, that would be demoralizing. They know that. So every mile has a sign. It says mile one, mile two, mile three. I think you see where I'm going. It just counts all the way up. Don't try to hold your breath between long chunks of time. As you look at your goal, make sure that there's some micro milestones along the way. So if you've got a big goal for the year, make sure that there's some checkpoints. Make sure that, okay, I'm checking in every month or I have a phone call with a friend that we do every other week. Have some milestones. I have a friend who's one of my accountability partners. We get together every two weeks. We grab coffee at the same spot every two weeks. That's a micro milestone for me. He's helping me with a goal. I didn't say to him, hey, um, William, I've got this big goal. It would be amazing if you and I could talk about it 12 months from now. That would be super helpful. No, that wouldn't do me any good. I have some micro milestones along the way. Actually, recording podcasts is a micro milestone. I have 52 micro milestones every year with this exact podcast because one of my goals for the year was I want to do weekly podcast episodes. My first podcast was a huge failure, just gigantic. Um, I only did like eight episodes and people were like, oh, thanks for doing the podcast. I had no plan. I had no system. I did eight episodes. It fell apart. I was, I think there's some stat like 95% of podcasts end after the first three months. That was mine. I didn't even have a microphone. Um, I would just yell directly at my computer and friends that were nice would email me and be like, hey, buddy, have you ever thought about, I don't know, like getting a microphone? I have milestones now, though. I want to do an annual goal of 52 episodes. Guess what? Each week is a milestone. So the first ingredient you need for a successful goal are micro milestones. The second thing you need is measurable data. You have to see the results or you'll never know if you're headed in the right direction. 
That's what measurable data is for you. So data looks like pages read, miles run, maybe drawers emptied. There was a woman in one of my goal setting challenges and she weighed the stuff she was getting rid of in her house. I've told that story before because it's fascinating to me. She had a big goal. I got too much clutter. Anybody else have that goal where you're like, it's too many t-shirts. I swear like my t-shirts multiply. Like I own two t-shirts and then I look up and there's like six in that drawer. And then like a week later, I'm like, do I have 12 t-shirts? And then like over time, I just, I can barely shut the drawer. Like I'm slamming it like I'm trying to get one more t-shirt in she had this goal to get rid of a bunch of stuff and she wanted it to be measurable so she would weigh bags of stuff she was getting rid of she said she thought about it like putting her house on a diet i love that that's such a creative idea get creative with your data just make sure you can measure it peloton classes Like that's a form of data. How many classes did you go to? What was your calorie burn? What was your distance? Whatever. Clients called. Okay, so how many clients did you call this week? How many cold calls did you do? How many, you know, packages did you ship out? Like maybe right now you've got a small Etsy store. Etsy, Etsy, it's Etsy, right? And we all agree on that at this point. Although VRBO, they came out and were like, no, our name is pronounced Verbo. Dude, no one calls you Verbo. VRBO, like... Airbnb, VRBO, no one, do you know anybody that's like, oh, Verbo, we found our house via Verbo. No way, no way. It's, it's, it's VRBO. But you've got to have some micro milestones and some measurable data. So get to the numbers. Think about your goal and go, okay, where are some numbers I can actually measure? Third ingredient. This one is going to surprise you coming right off of data because data feels very cold and very technical and very analytical. The third ingredient you need for a wildly successful goal is kindness. You need kindness. And this is different from resilience, isn't it? Here's how I think about kindness. How fast can you forgive yourself? How fast can you forgive yourself for not living up to the goal or not living up to the expectation? How fast? How fast can you be kind to yourself? Because you know what's going to happen, right? There's this really big day in goals that I call the day after perfect. The day after perfect is the day after your perfect plans have fallen apart. So maybe like you had the most amazing streak. You had a three-month streak for like eating the things you wanted to eat or drinking the water or getting the sunlight or reading the book or writing the book or whatever it is. You had an amazing streak going on. And then for some reason you didn't do it the goal fell apart and now it's the day after perfect and and now all the shame rushes in all this judgment rushes in how fast can you be kind to yourself how fast can you be kind to yourself how fast can you care about yourself also how fast can you be kind to other people it's interesting my counselor i go see this counselor named uh, chip dot and he's brilliant he's got a phd love the way he thinks he's helped me a ton with like my business and my family and my life i'm one person i don't think about counseling like oh it's just this one part of my life i'm one person so it always spills over anything good spills into other other parts of your life so anyway we're talking about goals i've got this thing called the guaranteed goal community where i'm really trying to lean into community i've got books i'm writing i've got all these big goals i'm working on and i feel like i'm starting to get some gears I didn't have access to when I was younger. Like at 47, 
I feel more connected to who I really am, like more dialed in and I'm starting to pick up speed and I'm starting to really see some progress and I'm loving it. Like I'm starting to feel like, oh, okay, okay, I'm starting to sprint. And he said something I'd never thought about before. He said, how do you stay connected to the work you're doing without losing your kindness for other people? He essentially said, how do you not roll all over them? There's been times in my life that like when I get in a zone, like I'm just going, 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 going. And if I'm not careful, I just steamroll people. I get really like focused on my goals and I'm like, everybody move out of the way. I got goals going on. And there's not a lot of kindness to that. And he says, so how do you maintain that? And I, I kind of workshopped a couple ideas with him. And then he said something I had never thought about before. He said, You've got to maintain your kindness. You've got to maintain how you care about people because if you lose how you care about people, if you stop caring about people, you'll lose your creativity. And I, I, I said, what, what do you mean I'll lose my creativity? He said, well, a lot of your creativity is based on helping people fix problems. You have this genuine desire to help other people fix problems. If you listen to my goal, like a lot of my podcasts, the goals I talk about on this podcast are about, hey, I tried this thing. I think it would help you too. Like, hey, here's this challenge. I think it would help you too. I mean, that's what that episode about the 24 Dragons was about was essentially me saying, oh man, I ran into these 24 issues. I don't want you to run into them. So be careful about these. Like be smart about these. Like be prepared about these. He said, if you don't care about people, you won't even notice the problems they have and you won't work to fix them and you'll lose touch with your creativity. Wow. I thought that was really fascinating. So how do you maintain kindness? As you level up, as you work hard, as you kind of speed up, as you start to see progress, how do you maintain kindness for both yourself and for other people? That's one of the ingredients you need. The fourth ingredient, vision. That's different from micro milestones. Micro milestones are small wins along the way. Vision is more your rough destination. Like where do you want to head? You have to have a sense of this to start, not a perfect vision, not the final exact vision, but something in the future that gets you excited. So I want to write a book. I want to hold a book in my hands that I wrote. That's a vision. I want to start my own company. I want to, you know, quit my full-time job and have my own thing that I'm doing full-time. That's a long-term vision. I want to move to Colorado. Like, I live right now in Kansas. I've always wanted to move to Colorado. Every time I visit Colorado, I think, why don't I live in Colorado? That's a vision. You have to have a rough overall vision for your goal. The fifth ingredient, you're going to need some turn down techniques. What's a turn down technique? Well, it's a concept from my book, Soundtracks. And it's essentially something you do to turn down the stress when the stress gets loud. You're going to have some stress during your goal. Um, you're going to have some challenges, some frustrations. And I learned this concept from a guy named David Thomas. He essentially said, John, we want there to be a switch. We wish the world worked on a switch where there was one thing we could do that would turn off all the stress. And you see people do this. They go, I'm doing yoga and I'm a completely different person. Yoga did it. Yoga was my switch. Or they go, I'm doing cold plunges. Like now I'm taking cold showers. That's going to change everything. And it's one thing they do. And they hope that'll switch off all the negativity, all the challenges, all the chaos, all the stress. And maybe it does for like a day or two or maybe even a week, maybe a month. But then life eventually gets stressful again because that's what life does. Life gets stressful and they feel like a failure and they go, oh, 
I got to find a different switch. I got to find a different switch. This is why people jump between diets and diets and diets and diets or exercise plans, exercise plans, or sometimes even dating relationships where they're like, ah, that person didn't fix me. And they go try to date somebody else or somebody else or jobs. That was me. I had eight jobs. I think it was eight in 12 years. Like the first 12 years of my adult life, my working life, I would jump from job to job to job to job because I had a switch mentality. And David Thomas said, no, 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 no. Life is more of a dial. When the struts gets turned up loud and it's going to, it's your job to turn it back down, to use your turn down techniques. So if you want to have a successful goal, you need some turn down techniques. For me, I've shared these before. It's things like running. Um, I like to run. I need the endorphins or working out, processing the problem with friends. I've got a group I meet with every Wednesday night, small group of friends. We call it the board and we'll say, hey, I've got this challenge I'm working on. I need some feedback. I'm putting together massive Lego sets. If you're watching the video of this, there's all these big Lego cars behind me. Those are some of my turn down techniques and you're going to need them too. Ingredient number six, if you want a successful goal, are clear steps or you could say obvious next steps. You have to know where you're going next. You have to know, okay, if I want to accomplish this goal, here's the next thing I'm going to do. If I'm going to write a book, here's the next thing on that list. Like it, you take this huge, massive goal, like write a book, and you break it down into small steps. Or you say, if I'm going to get a logo for my business, here are the next steps. You need clear steps on what you're going to do. And you don't have to have a thousand of them. You don't have to know what you're going to do next November. But you need some obvious next steps. Because if you don't have a handful of next steps, you'll get stuck. One of the soundtracks that I say now in my life, soundtrack being a repetitive thought, um, is no moss. No moss, no M-O-S-S. I don't want moss to grow on my day. I want to stay in motion, not manic motion, not compulsive motion, but positive forward motion. So when I finish a goal, here's an example of that. I want to read 66 books this year. I've talked about that goal a bunch on this podcast. When I finish a book, I already have a sense of the next book. I have a handful of them already picked out because I know if I stop, and I don't have a clear next book, a clear next step for that goal, I might lose my momentum. Some moss might grow. The rock might stop moving. So you need some clear steps. Ingredient number seven, you need a chisel. You need a chisel. What do I mean by a chisel? This is how you prioritize. You look at your day, you look at your goals, you look at your life, and you continually chisel away the things that don't matter. You have to be able to edit out what's going to get into the way. And you have to do this constantly. You're constantly thinking, okay, this is no longer helpful, or this is no longer important, or this is no longer critical. I need to, to kind of chip this away, chisel this away. One of the smarter things I ever heard about chiseling came from a guy named Frank Beeler. Frank Beeler is a friend of mine. He lives in Atlanta. He is what I call somebody I wouldn't bet against. It's a phrase my wife and I use. You could call it a soundtrack. There are some people in life that when you meet them, you think, oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet against that person. Like I wouldn't. And, and this came from a friend of, of ours. We had dinner with him and we were talking about this. And he said, John, if I lost my job, would you bet against me having a new one within a week? And I wouldn't. This guy was just a go-getter. He's the kind of person that instantly you knew like, oh no, he's going to go. Like there's people in my life that I look at and I go, oh, like Allie Worthington. Allie Worthington, if you ever meet her, she put on this event called Blistem. You would never bet against Allie Worthington. 
you you look at her and go, oh no, she she's going to get it done. She's amazing. And so my friend Frank Beeler and I were talking about this, about the need to chisel. And he said, John, part of the problem, he said, I see people make plans when they're in a slow period of their life as if they'll always be in a slow period. So an example of that would be in between projects, I see people go, I'm going to start a podcast because they have like a week where there's nothing crazy and they launch new things in the middle of a quiet season. And then when the loud season comes back, they're like, wait, I don't have time for the podcast. You also see this around Christmas time with goals. If you plan your goals during Christmas vacation, when you don't have as many commitments, you're not at work, you're not at your day job, whatever, you're not traveling for work, all of a sudden you go, I got 10 free hours today, I could plan all these goals. And then you plan them. And then when your schedule shows up in like mid January, there's a train wreck, and you have to chisel. So you have to constantly be going, okay, what works? What doesn't work? How do I get rid of this? What are the priorities? You have to chisel. And I say constantly because it's, a, it's an all-year process. It's, it's a constant process, not that you do it once and then you go, I got my goals right. Um, I'm fine. Because life will continue to add tasks to your plate. Like it'll continue to ask for your time. It'll continue to crowd out the things that matter over and over and over again. So you have to be deliberate about your chisel. Okay, number eight. The number eight ingredient you need is flexibility. Flexibility is the ability to change as the year provides new opportunities and new challenges that you couldn't have possibly seen in January. So one of the things I like to say is rigid goals fail, flexible goals win. Rigid goals fail. They don't flail. I guess they flail too. Like they're like flailing like a windmill, like a Don Quixote kind of thing. Wow. That was a great reference. Don Quixote. Way to go. I don't even know if I said it right. Rigid goals fail. Flexible goals win. So the more rigid your goal is, the less likely it'll succeed long term. And one of the things I realized recently is that I know I have a rigid goal when I get angry that it doesn't go the way I wanted it to go, like especially my day. And I've actually I've made an idol of my day when there's an interruption and something doesn't go as planned and I react in rage. And it can be a project takes longer than I thought to do. It can be I get interrupted by somebody. It can be that there's an emergency that I didn't cause, but I have to now fix. Like if I react in rage, I've made an idol of my day or an idol of my expectations or an idol of my goal. And I've lost all my flexibility. Flexibility is so important because there's going to be things that happen in the process of working on a goal that you can't possibly anticipate. The, the whole playing field is going to change. There's going to be some new client, some new challenge, some new big thing that dominates your time out of nowhere. And you've got to be flexible because if you're rigid, if you go, no, it always has to go this way. This is how it has to go. That goal will break. Rigid goals fail. Flexible goals win. It's the eighth ingredient you need. Ingredient number nine, you need wisdom. You need wisdom. You need to know how to do it. And you need to actively be pursuing wisdom. So this can include both people and resources. So it can be that you reach out to a mentor. You reach out to somebody who's excellent at the thing you're trying to do. You reach out to somebody who's already done the thing you're trying to do. It could be people. It could be a coach. It could be a counselor. It could be a board of people. It could be somebody at your company. It could be people. But it can also be resources. 
It can be a book. It can be a podcast. It can be a course or a challenge. There's hundreds of people right now working with me on goals in the Guaranteed Goals community. That's a resource. I think about this like the research phase. You're constantly in the research phase because you want to get better and better and better and better. Think about it like this. Build your own college or build your own library. You're trying to collect as many sources of wisdom as you can so that you can keep moving forward. And what's interesting is in the middle of a goal when you lose your motivation, the wisdom will actually encourage you. You'll actually say, okay, I don't feel as motivated as I could, but I'm getting smarter, I'm getting better, and this is moving me forward. Ingredient number 10, visuals. Visuals. I think it's really important to have visuals. I think you need to be able to see your goal. I think you need to be able to make it tangible. The the best thing I learned in 2022 when it comes to visuals was my Kanban board. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. I have this massive whiteboard where I plan my entire week and it's a post-it note system and I modified it like crazy. Like purists, Kanban purists probably would say I'm not even doing it nearly right. I've broken like, there's only two rules with Kanban and I broke one of them. So I don't even know if it counts. But for me, having a visual of my week with two different post-it notes. Like I have a blue one and a yellow one. They mean different things. I didn't go to like 17 colors. I think you can overdo any system. But being able to see my goals, being able to see my progress makes them so much easier to succeed at. Number 11. Number 11 ingredient you need, you need creativity. You need creativity. You have to continually find fresh ways to move your goal forward. So at the beginning, you're going to come up with a bunch of actions and a bunch of things you're going to do with your goal. But as the year goes, you need to be creative enough to keep learning, to keep trying new things, to keep experimenting. I use my creativity to experiment every month. So every month I have a handful of small goals I'm trying to do, and I'm trying to be really creative with them. So I'll give you an example. One of my goals Um, in January was to encourage one person every day. I'm actually going to do this goal all year, but I I did the experiment in January. And then in February, the experiment was to compliment somebody behind their back. My friend Kevin calls it reverse gossiping. I wanted to go out of my way to say something nice and true. Like it's got to be true. I'm not going to say something that's false. It has to be something that's kind uplifting true about somebody else who isn't there. So maybe finding a team member and going, hey, didn't Jessica kill that project the other day? Like, she's so fun to work with. Like, I love how detailed she is on all these projects. I'm so glad we get to work with her. I did an experiment. That's where my creativity comes into when when it comes to goals. I'm constantly going, okay, what's a new goal I could try? What's a different way I could try an old goal? Like maybe there's an old goal that I want to refresh. I want to kind of pump some new life into. How do I be creative about this? You need creativity. And then the last one, you need community. You need community. That's the 12th ingredient. You need people who will encourage you. I found a little bit of community in a very unlikely place recently. I was on a flight. I was flying from Tampa home to Nashville. I had spoken to a company called Yellowstone Landscaping, amazing company, gigantic company. They do landscaping for commercial clients. So people like the Swan and Dolphin at Disney, like massive company. And I got on the plane of Southwest. Guy said on the aisle next to me, his name was Jeremy Wiley. Jeremy Wiley or Willie? I think he said Willie. That's how he pronounced it. 
And he said, hey, I saw you speak last week at Renovia. The week before, I'd been speaking to a company called Renovia. Amazing company. They do commercial painting. I'm really doing like commercial painting, commercial landscaping. I'm just going to do all the commercial like trades. Huge company. And we started to talk about what I had shared at the, at the speech. I started to talk about soundtracks, started to talk about our goals that year. And we started to kind of fire each other up about like, what were we going to get done on the plane? And to be honest with you, I was kind of just going to, at that point, as I flew home, because usually like I work like a maniac on the way there at the event. On the way home, I, I watch a movie, I watch TV. But talking to Jeremy got me so fired up that I was like, oh, dude, yeah, let's go. Let's go. Like I started to get really amped up just at the support and the encouragement from him about what he was going to work on the flight. The whole flight home, I worked on um, two podcasts. I worked on writing podcast episodes because of that tiny bit of community. So when you hear me say community, please don't hear me say, you got to find somebody that um, knows you at the inner core and you got to find the best person and you got to like, it's got, you've got to find your Gandalf. Like, no, 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 dude. No, no, no. Take that pressure off. Community can come in a million different forms, but those are the first 12 ingredients. What do you need? Let's do a recap because there's a lot. Micro milestones, measurable data, kindness, vision, turn down techniques, clear steps, a chisel, flexibility, wisdom, visuals, creativity, and community. Those are the first 12 ingredients. Now, it's time for a little bit of homework. How'd you do on the list? Did you score a perfect 12 for 12? That's amazing. Look at you. Good for you. Maybe you were the opposite. You went 0 for 12, which can be discouraging at first, but it doesn't have to be because now you've got 12 ideas that you can add to your goal. Maybe the reason you weren't making progress is because all of those items are missing. It's kind of like riding a bike when you, like the brake is on. Have you ever ridden a bike where like the brake calipers are a little warped and you can hear the brake pad rubbing against the rim and it, it slows you down? Like maybe sometimes this happens with like rental bikes. You run a bike at the Grand Canyon and you can hear the brake slowing it down. When you adjust it and take the brake off, it's so much easier to ride. Same with this. Maybe the reason you're having trouble with your goals right now is you're missing all 12 of those ingredients. And when you add a few more, it's going to be so much easier. Now, next week, we'll cover ingredients 13 through 24. And I think you're going to love those ingredients. Thank you for listening today. We'll put all the links in the show notes as always. And thank you for reviewing my podcast. Here's one from Mulford J that I loved. Mulford J said, John doesn't know it yet, but he has been my book mentor since a year ago. I started reading Do Over after I left my previous job. And while in the new job, I started reading soundtracks. I've learned so much from his books that at times when I feel like I'm overthinking, I start asking myself, is it true? And I try to change my soundtracks as soon as possible. Now, all it takes as a goal is my commute podcast. I love hearing that, Mulford J. Thanks for taking the time to do that. And thank you to everyone who writes a review. Please make sure you subscribe or follow so that you don't ever miss another episode. I'll see you next Monday. And remember, all it takes is a goal. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the All It Takes is a Goal podcast and to get access to today's show notes and exclusive content from John Acuff, visit acuff.me slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the All It Takes is a Goal podcast.